for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Well, good morning. Good morning. Oh, am I on? I think I am. Good. No matter where you go, there you are. That is a very profound statement. No matter where you go, there you are. Do you find yourself avoiding the re- Am I booming? Am I echoing or what? Should I? Well, back. Do you find yourself denying the reality of who you are? While we went to Southport, it wasn't a punishment, and we went to the pier at Southport, on the top of Southport Pier, there's a, one of those halls of mirrors. And I was thrilled to find out that at a certain place, in front of a certain mirror, I was thin. <laughs> and I felt really good. Six feet away from this wall, this mirror, my body was that of some live, young, active person. And as I stepped away from that spot, I walked back into reality. It was stomach out and chest in rather than the other way around. We are where we are spiritually. Sorry? Yeah, well, I'm a, is it, well, I, try that one. Yeah, should I? Help. Yeah. Bring back the megaphone, that's what I say. Remember those school sports days? The X-rays will be yelling. Where was I? Oh, yes. We are where we are, spiritually, physically, morally socially, and we can't really deny where we are. If we do, we're living in a dream world. We are where we are. And I just want you to think of what brought you to where you are. Other people's decisions over which you have no control. The genes you were born with, I don't mean Levi's, the genes you were born with, you had no control. Decisions that you have made and I have made that were good, bad, or indifferent. They have all brought us to this point of where we are today. Now in the story of Esther, Esther is a book where God is not mentioned, but God is there. Moving in the background, moving in the throne room, moving in the home, moving in the country, moving throughout the nation. And God is doing great things in the book of Esther for his people. This morning we're coming to Esther chapter number four. And there are a few phrases that I want us to think about this morning. We're going to read Esther chapter four. We're going to break in at the end of the chapter. Okay, chapter verse number 12. The story here is that Esther has been elected, voted queen, chosen to be queen. 
and her cousin stroke uncle Mordecai is out there in, in the real world. And Haman has decided he wants to destroy Mordecai. But that wasn't good enough. And so he's put together a load of money to destroy every Jewish person in the country. And the king has believed his lies. And Esther is on the throne. She's in the throne room of the palace. Queen of the country. And Mordecai is walking around uh, Susa, the capital, in sackcloth and ashes, mourning. And the whole of the Jewish nation is going around the country mourning, sad, grieving, because of what's going to happen. And word gets back to Esther that this is what Mordecai is like. And so she, she sends one of her maids and says, what's going on? And Mordecai tells her. And so she, she sends so she has some clothes, first of all, with, with her maids. And then she sends one of her servants to find out more details And this is the answer that Mordecai gives to Esther. He's on the outside in the real world. She's up there in the palace, apparently unaware of what is going on. And Mordecai sends this message to Esther. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. So the answers are going backwards and forwards. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will, will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, and though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Three phrases. For such a time as this. For such a time as this. Second phrase. Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Third phrase. If I perish, I perish. And Esther is presented with a dilemma of what should she do about this situation that's arisen for the Jews in the country. Haman has made his way clear to the king. He's put in tons and tons of silver to pay for what's going to happen. And on a certain day, every Jewish person is going to be killed in the country. And Esther is presented with this dilemma. What should she do about it? She was where she was because that's where God had put her. She was where she was due to circumstances beyond which she had no control. She couldn't control the beauty contest. She couldn't control the righteous actions of Queen Vashti. She couldn't control the drunken behavior of the king. 
She had no control over so many things. And suddenly she's faced with this predicament. Esther, perhaps for such a time as this. God is working in her life. Now, this morning, we may be where God wants us to be, spiritually, emotionally, financially, or we may not be where God wants us to be. Let's not assume that because we're in a church building, we're right with God and everything's okay. Let's not assume that because we've got our Sunday face on, just give me a Sunday face. Everything's okay. Is that your Sunday face? Goodness me. Oh, I see you on a Monday morning. <laughs> we can't assume that because we live in a Christian country, in inverted commas, and go to a church on a Sunday, that everything's okay. Are you, am I, where God wants me to be? Spiritually, socially, morally, physically, financially. Am I being obedient to my God in all kinds of circumstances? Am I aware that God is moving in my life to bring me to where he wants to be? I've got to be aware of that and face up to the reality of, no, I'm not, if that's the case. To be away from that mirror on Southport Pier and face up to the reality of who I really am. I've got four grandchildren and Alfie's a lovely little lad, he's only nine. When he was younger, I said, I said to him one day, Alfie, I've got no money for that. The answer was, well, go and get some more. <laughs> it doesn't work like that, Alfie. Why not? He also asked when we do the shopping for, on a Wednesday night, he and I go shopping for things, we go to Aldi. The question of the week was, Bumper, why do you have to pay for this? I said, well, ask the lady at the checkout. So we got to check out at Aldi. Other shops are available. <laughs> I said to her, he wants to ask you a question. Well, he went all shy on me then. He wants to know why we have to pay for it. <laughs> Was her answer. <laughs> you know, the reality is you've got to pay for your shopping. You can deny that, you can ignore it, but you've got to pay for your shopping. And questions are often asked to which we have no real answers. Bumper, what do you see when you close your eyes? <laughs> the inside of your eyelids. All right, says he. I love him, but you don't have to ask some questions. Are you where God wants you to be? Spiritually. Are we living in obedience to our God on a day-by-day basis? No matter what the circumstances. Just sung a song there about Christ is all I need and it's a lovely thought. Two or three years ago I went to the Open Doors Convention in Birmingham and a lady out of North Korea said this, where's this effect? You can't say God is all I need. Until God is all you've got. And that came from a North Korean prison camp. 
Am I where God wants me to be spiritually? That is the single most important question that we can ask ourselves this morning. Are we standing in front of that spiritual mirror that makes us look okay? Esther, what are you going to do? Perhaps for such a time as this. Wouldn't it be lovely if every prayer we asked, everything we asked for, no matter what it was, God said yes. Wouldn't it be great if everything we asked for, God just worked it out and there was never any problems, never any difficulties. Yes, the child will sleep tonight. Yes, the car won't break down. Yes, there were no problems at work on Monday morning because we've prayed about it and God's just going to make our way nice and straightforward and plain and no problems, no potholes in the road of life and no bridges to cross and no difficulties, no snow drifts in our life. It's just wonderful. Everything is just plain sailing. What a bland lot of people we would be. What a boring lot we would be. The fact is God will take us through some difficult times. And I want to challenge us this morning in the hospital bed, in the doctor's waiting room, on the unemployment line, when everything is going wrong, for such a time as this, when things are not going well from our point of view, and life is tough and life is hard, and we're seeking to obey our God, and we're trying to serve him and we speak to him regularly and we listen to his word and we seek to obey in all that we do and things are still difficult and tough and hard and we have a saviour that says, let me tell you about difficult. Let me tell you about hard. Let me tell you about tough. For such a time as this. I learnt many years ago now that I will meet people on a difficult path that I would not have met had I not been taken by God down that difficult path. And for such a time as this, that God can use us right where we are. That God has been working in our lives. God has been taking us down paths which we did not want to go down. But here we have Esther who was orphaned. Here we have Esther who was put from a different country into another country. And she stayed with her God. And her faith in God is real. And her trust in God is absolute. And God says to Esther through Mordecai, her cousin, perhaps for such a time as this. You can speak up for your God right here and now. Do we resent the tough times? Do we resent the difficulties that God takes us into and we scratch our heads and we wonder why God didn't do something about this that we're facing now? Why God didn't step in and do something and God is saying, trust me, trust me. There's a reason for this. For such a time as this. I want to close at the end with some words of Jesus. Remind me to do that, won't you? I could forget. But the second phrase was this. It will come from somewhere else. 
Salvation and rescue will deliverance will come from somewhere else. If you don't do it, God will work through somebody else. Please don't be offended. But Christian, you're not indispensable. And I'm not indispensable. This world will continue long after I've gone. It'll go long after you've gone. And God's plans will be fulfilled with me or without me. Through me or through somebody else. God's plans will be fulfilled. Now that doesn't mean we can sit back and say, well, if I don't do it, it'll be okay. Uh, God will do it. Somebody else. No. God wants to use us. God wants to use you. And God wants to use me. Isn't that amazing? He's got millions of angels. But he chooses people. He's got angels that do his bidding. But he chooses people. He chooses you. He chooses me to serve him. And we are faced with situations every day to speak up for our God in those particular circumstances. And God says, listen, I want you to speak up for me in those circumstances. Right where you are. With that person at work you find it hard to get on with. With that person at home you wish wasn't there. Why don't they get married and leave? Whatever it might be, I don't know. People that we meet every day that we like, that we don't like, that we get on with, that we don't get on with. For such a time as this, God can speak to others about our salvation, our faith in God. And if we don't do it, then somebody else will do it for God. But we miss out on the blessing. We miss out on the personal impact in our lives. I was thrilled. I mean, I'm kind of into Facebook. In a funny kind of way. I can get loads of messages, but I can't send any. I'm a Facebook incompetent. I was thrilled when I got an email of a young lady at camp three or four years ago that I had the wonderful privilege of leading her to trust Christ. And she was a leader at camp, but she realized that she was living out her parents' faith and she became a Christian at camp. And I was thrilled when I saw on Facebook that she was getting baptized. I was thrilled to bits. And I managed to send her a message. I think she got it because she replied. But if I hadn't been there, somebody else would have done it. But I took the opportunity in God's grace to lead that young woman to faith in Christ. And she trusted Christ. So for such a time as this, it doesn't matter what we're going through, we recognize that God has brought us here for a reason. And if we don't take those opportunities, God will use somebody else, but we will miss out on the personal benefit and blessing of serving God. And the third one is this, if I perish, I perish. The rule was, if you went in to see the king uninvited and the king got out of bed the wrong side, you were dead. No negotiation, no second chances, no yellow card. You were dead. Esther says, I've not been for 30 days to see the king. It's been a while. But I will go. And if I perish... I perish. But did you notice what she did? She got people to pray for her. And she got people to pray with her. 
to prepare her for the work that God had got for her to do. For three days, she says to Mordecai, you fast and pray. And me and my maids, we will fast and pray. And at the end of that time of fasting and praying, of preparation, I will go in to see the king. And if I perish, I perish. What's that all about? To serve God needs preparation. And I would say this. If you've got somebody that's committed to praying for you, keep hold of them. Hang on to them. Don't upset them. Because they're your best partner you could have. Those that pray for you. Every week. You there, Corey, isn't it? I pray for him every Wednesday. Made a promise to him. And I pray for you every Wednesday. That explains every bad Wednesday you've ever had. (laughs) Suddenly... Life is making sense to Corey. <laughs> Why do we have so many bad Wednesdays? Oh, it's that red tape praying for me. If you've got someone that says to you, I'll pray for you every week, or I'll pray for you every day, hang on to them. Share with them. Let them know what the prayer points are so they can pray intelligently for you. Would you be that person for somebody else in your church? To pray for them every week, every day? That's what Esther needed. And that's what Esther knew that she needed. And so she organized it. Do you have in your church a prayer list? To go down the people every day, every week? And just bring them before God. A couple in our church who are desperate for a child. And they're going through an awful time emotionally. And to go to that couple and say, I pray for you every day. What's the prayer? It's a privilege to pray for other people, you know. It's not a chore. It's not a bind. It's not a drag. To come before the throne of God and pray for somebody. Esther said, that's what I need. And after we've prayed, after we've sought God's face and God's will, I know that that's what God wants me to do, but I need the confidence to know that I'm being supported in prayer and I want to go in and I want to go under God's power, under God's authority, and I'm going to see the king and whatever happens, happens, but I'm going to do it in the strength that God gives me. So, Right where we are this morning, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, God is saying to us, it's for such a time as this that I've brought you here. And if you don't do something for me here, I will get somebody else to do it. But don't miss out on the personal blessing of doing it. And no matter what the cost, I want you to do it. Whatever the outcome. Whatever the result, just keep doing it. The words of Jesus. He said many, many things. But these verses always resonate with me in John chapter 12. And it's verse number 
27. These are the words of Jesus. Now is my heart troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Father, get me out of this. Father, take it away. He's facing the cross. He's facing the rejection of his disciples and the betrayal. He's facing all the horrible things that being separated from God was going to be to him. Father, save me from this hour. No, no. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. There's a reason why I'm here. There's a reason why all these things are happening, why the Jews are going to up against me, why the Romans are working against me, why Jesus is going to betray me, why Peter's going to deny me. The very reason I came to this hour. You know what he says after that? Four words. Father, glorify your name. Friends, this morning, for such a time as this, in such a time as this, whatever that this may be, in your life or in mine, may we have the prayer of Jesus, Father, glorify your name for such a time as this. Let's pray. Father, we bow before you this morning, totally amazed that the God of the universe wants to work in our lives. Every head bowed in your presence this morning, Father, are facing such a time as this. May we have the desire to glorify your name as you take us through difficult testing, pleasant, enjoyable circumstances. May we do it for the glory of your name. These things we humbly ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.